Good morning, High Point. My name is Gerald. I'm one of the leaders here at High Point. Um, I want to take this time to thank Pastor Andy for giving me this opportunity to share with you all this morning. We are in a series called Upon This Rock. Um, we covered things like uh, upon the rock of service and, and caring for each other greatly. Um, right now, basically, the series is all about what God has called us to do and, and, and to build up the church, how God has called us to be unique individuals with, with unique different tasks to come together and be unified as one body to build up what we call the church. There is a, there was, I'll say, a cartoon that I used to watch when I was younger called Voltron. And basically it was made up of these five individual multicolored battle lions. I think there was like yellow, uh, black, blue, red, green, and they were all individual battle lions. And they were, they were defenders of the universe, right? So they would come out and every time there's a bad thing going on, they would fight, you know, doing their, their part separately. One line over here, over here, and they're just attacking. But at some point in that cartoon, almost all the time, there was always gonna be one lion that was about to be doomed, right? And they were impeding disaster. At that moment, then the leader of the Voltron Force would say, Voltron Force, unite. And then all of a sudden you hear form, feet, and legs. And then you'll see, jugger, 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 and then the lion would transform to a foot. And then form arms and body. And then these other lions would join together to an arm and body. And then he'll say, and I'll form the head. And then what you will have after that is this magnificent, multicolored robot powerful with all the parts united feet legs arms bodies and it formed swords and had everything and it was the defender of the universe but it couldn't be that unless all the parts joined together and i'm gonna put this here for a minute because i think it's really colorful what would happen though if he said form feet and legs and one of the legs were missing what will happen if he set form arms and body and the body was missing? What would it look like if the body was missing? I'll tell you what I think it would look like. Unfortunately, I think it would look like today's church. We are called as a group of individual believers to gather together and form the body of Christ. Upon this rock, I will build my church. We are called to gather. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now that you would just have your way in this service. Father, Lord God, I pray, that, Lord, that you will speak through me. Father, you'll give me the words to say, Lord God, let it be all of me and none of you. I pray, Lord God, that you'll enter into the hearts of everyone listening today, Lord God, that there'll be no offense taken in any way whatsoever, Lord God, but you'll give us ears to hear and, and, and wisdom to apply what you say. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, have your way. Amen. You know, I have to think about reasons why we don't gather. And there's, there's a lot of good reasons. There's practical reasons. And then there's not so practical reasons based off of choices. You know, things happen. You know, we, you know, sometimes what stops us from gathering? You know, we have work. There's jobs that happen. Sometimes there's sicknesses. You know, we travel and we have vacations. We have priorities. Now, I'm going to use the quotation mark for the word priorities because some priorities are priorities and some priorities are, you know, choices. Okay, so we also have reasons why we don't come because of weather or maybe sports, you know, us choosing to do a sport commitment or watching a sport commitment. Sometimes we might not come just because we're tired or just sometimes we might not come because we just don't feel like it. 
And then there's other times when we're actually, hey, well, we got online service right away. I'm so glad you're with us, right? But when we have a online all service, meaning like every at the end of every month, we should be gathering together online. But together at that part, point means at 1030, not choosing what time you want to gather, right? But if you are not in the local area, if you are in the local area, choosing to gather online when we're called to be together, that might want to be examined a little bit. We're called to gather together. I get it if you live in St. Louis, California, any other parts of the world, but if you're within the Kennesaw, Atlanta area that's nearby us, we're called to be drawn together. I, I uh, <laughs> recently, literally, really, really recently, my friend had some tickets to go to a Georgia Tech game, and unfortunately I had another commitment, and I probably could have got out of my commitment but I knew the Georgia Tech game was going to be long and I didn't feel like being around all those people and whatever. So I chose to do my other commitment somewhat and I, I definitely could have got out of it. But later on when they got back, him and a couple of other my guys, they came back and they were telling me about that game. They were telling me about, oh man, you remember when this happened? They were in, they had box seats free. I mean, the food was banging. They're telling me what kind of food they have. They're like, oh, I'm definitely going to go back for this. And they had situations that happened and experiences that happened at that game. And they were telling me all about it. I was like, well, man, dude, what made the chicken so good? Or what made this so good? And they looked at me and said, dude, man, you just had to be there. And I just looked at them. There's sometimes we just have to be there. We can't get the full experience of what God has for us without us being there. We cannot receive the blessings that God has for us without us being there. But why? Like, so why is gathering so important besides just, just getting those full experiences? You know, what's the purpose of us gathering? You know, the Bible <laughs> mentions the word gather together over 160 times. And each time it's urging us to gather together for purposes of community, provision, worship, encouragement, sharing, teaching, instructions, learning, maturing, growing. Oh my gosh, equipping, preparing, uh, battling, defending, warring. It, the list goes on and on and on why it tells us to gather together and the purposes of it. Now, I'm not going to cover all those things and I'm not going to sit here and read 161 chapters to you. But I am going to pick on a couple of those points that I think almost encompasses all those things for the purpose of why we gather together. One of the main reasons we gather together is to teach and to be taught. Right. It says we gather together so we can be taught the word of God or to be teaching the word of God. Matthew 20, um, Matthew 4, 23, it says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. I'm going to pause there for a minute because this is really interesting. He goes out to the synagogues, another word for church, making it simple, right? And he's preaching right away and teaching. But from him doing that, he also prepares to he's healing the sick and taking care of all types of diseases. Get that. In the synagogue is where the preaching and teaching is happening. And if you weren't there, you might be missing that healing that you were so dying and desperately needing. You might be missing that, that blessing that is sitting there waiting for you. That one day you decide, 
oh, I'm too tired. That one day that it's raining, you'll say, oh, you know what, I'll watch it online. That one day you choose, there might be something there that you, that you had to go and had to push through to get there for because there was a blessing waiting there for you. <laughs> you have to be there. So we gather together to be taught and to teach, to hear the word of God. Another version, uh, another couple of verses paraphrasing in Matthew 5, 1 and 2, it says, um, during the Beatitudes, he's talking about seeing the multitude, multitudes in a large group of people. He, he got up on the mountain and he began to teach and opened his mouth and saying, and he starts speaking to the Beatitudes. Another version of the, another verse of the Bible, Mark 1 and 21, uh, paraphrasing, of course, it basically says he went all throughout Componium and went into the synagogues again and he began to teach. We gather together to teach and to be taught the word of God. Another reason we gather together is to be encouraged. In Hebrews 10, 24, 25, it says, And let us consider thoroughly how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds. All right, so we're encouraging one another. Uh, Pastor Andy taught last two weeks on uh, basically caring for one another, carrying each other's burdens, right? Encouraging them, all right? Do not forsake our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. See that again? We meet together for worship, named another reason, for instructions, all right, news. As in the habit of some, I'm going to stop there. What I find very interesting about that is, is as in the habit of some, do not forsake assembling together, gathering together as the habit of some is, the habits are reversed. We're making at times the habit occasionally coming to church, but the regular habit is actually just not going to church and assembling together. Our habit is not going to church. And then it's as if it's a blessing or a privilege when we happen to show up for the pastor or for anyone else on the other day. Do not make that your habit as a habit of some, but all the more faithfully as you see Christ's return approaching, encourage one another, show up, gather together. We gather to teach, we gather to be taught, we gather to be encouraging, encourage others. We gather also to assist. You know, Pastor Andy talked about serving last time. We assist others. We help others. We even help the body of Christ. We help the church. We help the pastor. In 1 Chronicles 23, I'm going to do 28 and 32 verses, okay? Just, just those two verses. It basically says, The work of the Levites was to assist the priests, the descendants of Aaron, as they served at the house of the Lord. They also took care of the courtyards and the side rooms, helped perform the ceremonies of purification, and served in many other ways in the house of God. And so under the supervision of the priests, the Levites watched over the entire tabernacle. I'll stop there for a minute because one, I love how it says under the supervision of the priests. What that means is he wasn't doing all the work. Could you imagine if our pastor had to find the venue, rent the venue, pay for the venue, set up the venue, break down the venue, uh, call every member of the church individually by himself, uh, prepare the message, just all the things. Uh, he has to be the usher. He has to be the greeter. He has to be the, the announcement. He has to do children care, children's church. He has to do, what if he, how could he do all of that? 
that's not his role. He is the supervisor of that because we are called to assist in building up the body of Christ. We are called to assist the pastor in doing the things that the church is required to do. We are called to assist the pastor in talking and caring for one another and encouraging other people to come. We are called to assist in the teaching of the gospel of the word of, of Jesus Christ. We are called to assist in all the functionality that is required of the church. We are the church. In order to do those, guess what I'm going to say? You have to be there. By doing these things, right? By teaching, by being taught, by encouraging, by being encouraged, by assisting and helping, what happens in that process comes the other thing I want to talk about. We gather together to be matured. We come about and we're becoming more mature in the word of God. Now, there's two verses, and I'm going to take some time with these verses, and I know I'm giving a lot of scripture, so you could just take these scriptures, go back home and study them later on, but just write the scriptures down, right? But we are called to be mature. One of the versions say, I'll just read this version first. It says, uh, Hebrews 5, 13 and 14, for everyone who lives on milk <laughs> is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is spiritually an infant. He says, get off the infamil. <laughs> That's what he's saying, right? But solid food, give me that steak, baby, is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained and practiced and distinguished between what is morally good and what is well. We are called to be a mature people, right? Another version, this one, this, I'm going to paraphrase parts of this just to break it down a little bit. Ephesians 4 13 through 16, until we reach oneness, the unity of the faith, all right, and the knowledge of the Son of God growing spiritually to become mature believers is calling us to grow spiritually together. Why did I say together? Because it says oneness. We must do it together in order growing spiritually together in the oneness, exercising our spiritual gifts. What does that mean by that? There's something that I have that you don't have. There's something that you have that I don't have. There's something that the person next to you has that you don't have. We have all giftings. We don't have to look at it as a supernatural, uncrazy un gift. It could be a gift of oration. It could be a gift of silence. It could be a gift of exhorting. It could be a gift of service. It could be a gift of a smile that breaks through things. It could be a gift of absolutely anything. There's things that you have that you don't even realize that you are blessed with that are gifts because you just don't even realize it. But that thing that you have needs to be brought together into the body so that it could be used for the body to be complete and in oneness, all right? So that we are no longer children spiritually immature. Let us grow up in all things. Now, I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. Let us grow up in all things to become mature. And this is why. For in him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts, Whatever color you are, whatever politics you are, whatever thing you are, it's everybody, all different, various parts put together. It forms the body of Christ. And we lift each other up and we go forth and do these things. So we are called to gather together so we can teach, encourage, assist, and mature. Ha! Huh. That sounds like a team to me. Teach, encourage, 
assist, and mature. A team is a group of individual parts, often with individualized talents, working together, acting together as one unit. We are a body, but you have to be here. The great thing about church, I'll tell you what happens, there's a transformation that happens. When we teach, when we get taught, when we're encouraged, when we're assisting, when we're maturing, there's a transformation that happens within that teamwork, right? What happens then is we don't start just going to church to, to be taught and so on. Now we're starting to realize that, that once we accept Christ in our hearts and we make that confession of faith, we realize that going to church is an option. We realize that, that we have been enlisted into the army of the living God. That's right. I said the army of the living God. See, we seem to forget sometimes that I, I should have my Bible right here, but we seem to forget sometimes that the Bible is nothing more. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. But it's, it's a battle plan. All right. We are at war and the Bible is a battle plan. It's strategic to tell us how to go through this war. Well, what are we battling? It tells us all throughout the Bible that we have an enemy that's lurking about seeking who he may devour. Right. And what enemy's job is, we have to realize the enemy's job, anything that wants to get something, it wants to isolate and, you, and set you apart and leave you alone. Right. So when we're not gathered together, when you're sitting on, on your couch and you're isolating, you think you grow alone. Man, the enemy got you. He's able to do his part. Think about any kind of you got praise. You got you got you got packs. You got herds. You got all these things that they they go around. And what they do is they go into the groups and they look to separate someone from the herd. They look to separate something from the pack and then they become prey. Don't be prey. We are made to be enlisted together. Now, we are stronger together. If we're looking at church as a basic training center, that transformation from teaching, encouraging, assisting, and maturing turns into being trained, equipped, and advancing and multiplying. We now, instead of teaching, encouraging, assisting, and maturing, we are being trained, equipped, advancing, and multiplying the kingdom of God. These things from being taught and being babes transforms us into military men, Navy SEALs for the Holy God. When you enlist into any military force, you don't have a choice whether you show up or not. Matter of fact, I think it's called absent without leave. When you don't show up, they're looking for you because you are part of their unit. You are part of their body. They have a purpose and a plan for you and they can't move on in battle without all the parts being there working together. And there are consequences of being absent without leave. Now hear me, we're not the ones setting the consequences here at church. We're not, that's not what I'm talking about. I want to hear you. But that, that, that thing that you're missing because you weren't there, the growth that you're missing because you weren't there, the, the, the setting aside where you're starting to be isolated and you're not receiving that encouragement and you have no feel like you're all alone in the situation and you don't know that other people are with you in the same exact situation because you're not showing up to hear and talk to them about it. Those things, you're being isolated further and further and further away from the thing that is going to give you the strength that you need and now you're becoming prey. We are made to gather together. We are stronger together. We are made now no longer to teach, 
but to train. By training, it talks about in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is God breath, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instructions. That's the teaching part. For conviction of sin and correction and error and restoration and obedience. Here it comes. But now it goes from teaching for training and righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately. Oh, man, there it is again together. Right. It says behaving honorably in personal integrity and moral courage. So it went from it told you it went from teaching you these things and training you now to walk it out. The training is the practical application of what you just been taught. You're walking it out now by showing up, equipping. It says in second, right after that, the next verse, right after that, in 17, 2 Timothy 3, 17, the verse right after, so that a man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped to do every good work. Oh, man. So you're taught so that you can be trained and apply what you just learned. And in that verse, now that you're being trained, now you're equipped to do the work that God has given you. In the exact same verse, you're trained and now you're equipped. But for what purpose? Oh, man. This is the reason why. Matthew 28, 19. For the purpose of go, which means advance, therefore, and make disciples, which means multiply. Go and make disciples of all nations. In case you don't know about a kingdom, a kingdom is run by a king. And there's not one kingdom I have ever met or one king, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say met. There's not one kingdom or one king that I've ever learned in history whose purpose wasn't to expand their territory. We are to go and multiply and expand the territory of the kingdom of God. It says all nations. And that's what God's waiting for upon his return. That's what we're being trained and equipped for. That's why we first come and we come to church to be taught we come to church to be encouraged because we know we're in a war and we, we can we, we can do this you can do this right we come to church to 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 assist each other in the growing together oh we grow stronger together we come to church now and now we're starting to mature and realize hey we got this and now we're trained and we're learning how to yield the sword they call the bible sword voltron look at it i mean it's so funny we use guns in these days but it, the word of god uses a sword all these things he used to have a sword they always form a sword he puts his hands together and he forms a f sword and he's called the Defender of the universe, you, us, as the body of Christ, are the defenders of this world. Go and make disciples, advance the kingdom, and expand his territory. Huh. I'm going to get ready to close. I'm going to call it my first closing if you've been to a black church. <laughs> says, uh, so we know now that we go to church for these purposes. We go to church to teach. We go to church to be taught. We go to church to assist. We go to church for encouragement. We go to church for maturing. But this is what I want to make sure we're getting. We gather together. We have to be there together. In Romans 12, 4 and 8, I'm going to paraphrase it a bit, okay, because it's pretty long. I'm going to paraphrase it. It says, for just as one physical body, we have many parts. I shouldn't have even put Voltron down. <laughs> These parts do not all have the same function or special uses. Okay? We already talked about our special gifts. And, and, and we, don't, we don't have to think about gifts in some exuberant way. 
Literally, you don't. It's just something that you bring to the table. Some people bake for love to show their love. Some people just smile and it shows their love. Some people have a firm word in such a nice way and it shows their love. So we who are many, do not, uh, sorry, so we who are many are nevertheless just one body. Even though we're all these different parts, we're still one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts of one another. Mutually dependent on each other. I'm going to repeat that part. Mutually dependent on each other. Now, I know you're, this is going to be weird. If you were sitting next to your family, you could look at your family right now when we're online and just say, hey, I'm dependent upon you. You know what? You could type it in the chat bar. Man, I need you to be here. I'm dependent on you. You could type a chat of word of encouragement in there. We are dependent upon each other. Dependent? Do you know what dependent means? I mean, to, to be dependent, that means you cannot do this alone. I need you. <laughs> Here's the great part. You need me too. You need me too. Since we have gifts that offer different things by the grace of God. I'll stop on that one. So when we start looking at church that way, when we start looking at your part that way, you are part of Christ's body. All right. So you are part. Let's start with this. You are the church. Okay. Now, because you are the church, you are part of High Point Church. High Point Church, this small body is part of a larger body of every nation church. Cool. Now, every nation church and its small part is part of another body, which is called the global church. Cool. And the global church, all of us, you know how many people that is and all the, how many different churches we just have in Atlanta, how many different churches we have in the state of Georgia, how many different churches we have in this country, how many different churches we have in out throughout the world. And each person in that church has a different part. So that means it's like your brain. You know how many nerves and neurons you have? So some of us are the, like the neurons and the other of us are like the blood cells and the vessels and other of us have bigger parts that are like, 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 like the liver and the spleen and other parts are the hands and the feet. But no matter what we are, he says, I'll form the head. That's the last word he says when Voltron comes up. I'll form the head and the head of the church, the head of this body is Jesus Christ, but he can't do it. When people say God can do anything, you're wrong. He can't do anything without us. That's why he made us. We are his tools. We are his workmanships. Form the body of Christ. I need you to be here because I'm incomplete without you. Wasn't that a movie in Jerry Maguire? I don't know what it was, but I'm incomplete without you. I remember going to college. I know, see, second close, second close. This is my second close. I'm almost there. <laughs> I remember going to college. My first year in college, I took all those, you know, you take your basic classes. And I made sure I picked classes that I just finished in high school because I still had all my high, new, high school notes. Certain math doesn't change. Right? Certain biology doesn't change. It's the same notes. It's the same stuff you learn in high school that you teach the first year in college. All that stuff's the same. So they hand me the syllabus and I already have my plan. I'm going to go through this class, get my syllabus, blah, blah, make sure I know when the tests are, have someone take notes occasionally, I'll copy the notes, and I'm ready to go. I did that. Did really well on the test. Everything's good. I'm done with that class. And my grade comes back. Why is my grade like this? What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. I didn't read the syllabus. There, on the syllabus, if I would have read it, it says there's a percentage of my grade is based off of quizzes. Another percentage is based off of my tests. Another percentage off of my exams. And then there's another chunk of percentage 
that's based off of my attendance, the thing that I never did was show up. I had to be there. My last verse, and I promise we are closing with this verse. I love how the message verse puts it. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 and 31. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention are the par and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the same exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. <laughs> I'll repeat that. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You have to be here. We're incomplete without you. We love you. Hopefully this message is on the part of an encouraging side. Hopefully this message is a part on the teaching side. Hopefully this message is a part on me assisting you. So, Because I'll, I'll call you. When we see someone missing, part of the encouragement is calling somebody. Hey, where were you? I missed you today. How are you feeling? What are you doing? You okay? Hopefully this will be maturing us. So we can start being unified as the army of Christ. So we can form the feet and legs, the arm and body, and let Christ be the head. And we can... Go forward and advance the kingdom of God. And we can be like Voltron, defenders of the universe, expanding the kingdom of God in his territory. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the privilege to be used by you. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the privilege to, to be, have such a large part to play in your plan and in your battle plan, and in your, your part of the expanding your kingdom, we thank you, Lord God, that we are a necessity. We thank you, Lord God, that we have a purpose. We thank you, Lord God, that purpose will be revealed to us if we do not know it. We thank you, Lord God, that we will be here to be edified and grow, and we will be here to teach and encourage others, and that we will show up until we can learn what our part is so we could be a part of just being encouraged. We thank you, Lord God, by us showing up, we are encouraging our pastor just from that showing up we thank you lord god that we are choosing at this moment to be here and to be used by you let us be your hands let us be your feet let us be whatever part you have tended us to be above all allow us to show love in jesus christ's precious and mighty name amen